Welcome to the FinTech One-on-One Podcast, episode number 310. This is your host, Peter Renton, chairman and co-founder of Lended FinTech. Before we start this episode, I want to tell you about a brand new event from Lended FinTech. FinTech Nexus, the Dealmakers Summit will be the first major in-person fintech event of the past 18 months. A hand-curated audience of venture capitalists, bankers, fintechs, and debt investors will be meeting face-to-face at an event 100% focused on doing deals. It will be happening in Miami on September 1st and 2nd. You can apply to join and find out more at lendit.com. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Thajo Cote, He is the founder and CEO of Airbase. Now, Airbase is an interesting company. They're a spend management platform for small and medium-sized companies, and they really are solving a problem that exists to this day of these disparate systems that are controlling expenses for businesses today, something he experienced firsthand at his previous company, which was the impetus for starting this company, which we get into uh, in some depth. We talk about the real problem today, how Airbase is addressing it, what differentiates them from some of the other players in the space, and you know the fact that it is a really hot space right now with there's a lot of activity with some of the other players, but Thajo also makes it clear what actually differentiates them. We talk about the, the latest funding round they did, which was uh, very recent, and how that happened, that came together uh, so quickly, and we talk about what the future holds uh, for Airbase. It was a fascinating conversation. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Thajo. Thank you for having me, Peter. My pleasure. So let's get started by giving the listeners a little bit of background. Um, I know that this isn't your first uh, rodeo, so tell us a little bit about what you've done in your career uh, before Airbase. Uh, I'm originally from India, grew up there, and uh, I moved to the US in 2009, right? And I, I had worked in the US for about four, four and a half years before that. Most of that time at a startup because I knew I, that's what I wanted to do uh, with my life. Working, you know, I started my career at a large company. Fairly obvious to me that that wasn't something you know, I enjoyed. So, uh, you know, worked at a startup to learn what it's all about, and then eventually I wanted to make my way to Silicon Valley. So now the startup ecosystem is really dynamic uh, in, in uh, India, but it wasn't the case in say 2008, 2009, and and I felt I had to kind of come to Silicon Valley to live that dream of uh, starting technology companies. And so I did. And, and the best way to do that was to come to grad school out here. And uh, so did that in 2009. But as luck would have it, uh, soon after I graduated, there was an opportunity for me to start my previous company. It happened sooner than I uh, expected it would. But it was based on some research that my co-founder in my previous company and I were working on you know, in grad school and I saw an opportunity to commercialize it and things like that. And you know, that ended up being automatic, my previous company, which was in a very different domain than Airbase. We were building a connected car platform, right? And so we were probably uh, you know, two or three years too early in you know, going after the technology-enabled automotive uh, use cases that are uh, more accepted, I guess, in the financing community now. And, and uh, you know, every step of that journey with automatic was a little harder than it probably uh, should have been. And ultimately, you know, it was all good. It, it uh, worked out well. We 
built a good business. We ultimately sold it to Sirius XM in 2017. And of course, it was part of that journey that taught me all about the problem I'm trying to solve now uh, with Airbase around how businesses spend money and, and manage all of the non-payroll spending that happens in the business. And it was a pain point that I lived pretty much every day and I learned uh, about it. And uh, But anyway, that's kind of the uh, high-level overview. Happy to jump into uh, some of the details of what I learned and then why Airbase, if you're interested. Yeah, for sure. Let's do that because I, I'm curious about like the expense management space. It's uh, back in 2017. It, it wasn't as uh, uh, sexy, shall we say, as it is now. It feels like there's, there's a lot of activity in the space. But what was it that you felt like you really, because you know, there, were, there were players back then, um, but what was it you felt was missing? What attracted you to it? You know, the foundational problem for me was uh, when you think about how a business spends money, it happens in too many places, right? And, you know, yeah, we can have a much longer conversation about why the market even evolved that way. Even today, for the most part, the status quo is, of course, segments matter in these businesses. You can't kind of paint a broad brush, but mostly for small businesses and mid-market businesses, if you think about how they manage all the non-payroll dollars that they spend, there are multiple systems, right? You have a corporate card system where a bunch of money is spent and then not everybody accepts card payment. So you are receiving invoices. There is an AP system or a bill payment system like a bill.com that you're using to ingest invoices and and create those bills, get approvals, make ACA check payments, those sorts of things. Uh, That's a bill payment system. And then employees are spending their own money and they're coming back and saying, hey, pay me back, reimburse me. And and those are separate systems like Expensified, I don't know, expense reimbursement kind of uh, products, right? And so those are kind of the three primary systems that every company has to put in place. And and that happens pretty early in the life cycle of the company when you're 15, 20, 25 employees, you have these systems and we were in the same boat. And, uh, but as you're growing, as you're scaling, you want a little bit more process, right? And you want people to ask before they spend money. And so how does that happen? Oh, that happens in a Slack conversation. That happens an email conversation or some enterprising finance person says, oh, this is too painful. I, I don't have an audit trail of how decisions were made. So I'll put a Google form together or I'll introduce a Jira, you know, based ticketing process for people to ask before they spend money. So very ad hoc kind of systems and, and processes. And But on the tail end of it, it is incredibly painful for finance and accounting people as part of a monthly close process to get all this data from all these different systems and reconcile all of these different systems through which money is flowing. And it's a massive amount of manual low value work that isn't a good use of you know, their time, right? And you know, that was frustrating. And the other from a business kind of uh, perspective, the frustrating part to me also was that none of the budget owners, the people who are accountable for ultimately running the business and, and spending the business uh, money on behalf of the business, they don't have visibility into what am I spending, right? And this is the way modern businesses operate in that you have a budget and you're trying to spend it throughout the month. You don't really have visibility into how much am I actually spent because all of it is going out the door through different places, right? And when you are trying to make a decision about, can I spend this money? Can I commit to this? You're winging it basically, right? And so for the most part, you have to wait till the end of the month. You have to wait for the uh, accounting team to pull data from all these different systems, bring it all together into your accounting software or general ledger. And then your financial statements come out, say, a week to 10 days after the end of the month. And then companies go through a budgeting versus, budget versus actuals uh, analysis process. And then people get a report card two weeks into the next month saying, hey, 
you went over budget last month and what do you do now right it, it's too late and so that's how modern businesses operate you're like six seven weeks behind at all times in terms of your visibility into how am i doing when it comes to spend like the all important thing and that becomes a bigger and bigger problem as you scale as a business there's a lot of slack and there's a lot of lack of discipline in terms of how you spend money and it's hard to hold people accountable uh, you know and there are no good tools there are no good uh, workflows and processes and that's basically was my frustration all along and obviously i was not solving uh, that problem i was building a different company so it went into my ideas notebook to look into you know when i had the time and i finally did after we sold automatic and and that's the problem uh, we solve with airbase today which is to really bring all of those different elements of how non payroll spend happens the entire set of workflows and life cycle from the moment you know an employee thinks i want to spend money uh, you know how do the request approval workflows happen how does all of that internal collaboration and decision making process happen uh, you know how do you bring that into the platform how do you capture that as an audit trail so that you can attach it to every dollar that leaves the door even if it happens like two years in the future that's on the front end and then when you decide to spend the money how do you help with the payments payments shouldn't happen in different systems just because they use different payment rails right how do you bring all of the payment rails it could be your card rails visa mastercard it could be your ach check wires international wires how do you kind of bring all of them into one system and finally as the money is leaving the door how do you then take care of accounting operations all of it in one system even automate away a big chunk of it in terms of how it's all recorded in the gl that's bring all of that into one platform that's the 10x improvement that you can deliver uh, to the market compared to kind of these independent siloed fragmented uh, solutions that the market has had to deal with so far right and uh, that's kind of the way we approach the solution to the problem and at this point you know, that was the hypothesis in 2017 when i started working on airbase that that is the right way to solve the problem that is where the market is going but as it turns out thankfully you know that's been validated at this point and i'm confident that will be the default expectation of the market i don't see why in a few years as this new category of spend management at least in the small and mid market segment it's a new category as it becomes more prevalent and people are informed about it i don't think i could get up in the morning and do what i do if uh, people would look at this kind of an offering and still say no i prefer having five different systems for our manage uh spend right that you know that almost never happens and so that's that's how i think about it okay okay so then let's just dig into it a little bit i i'm on your website here and you talk about three products which are bill payments corporate cards and reimbursements and are you sort of you said one platform is this sort of a, a menu or when someone comes along and wants to use your services do you sell them one by one do you sell them all three and how how are they integrated we don't force people to sign up for everything from the get go right and so we're definitely happy to work with people where they are but more than half the new customers that we add they absolutely buy into the benefits of having everything in a single platform that is a primary motivator for them to shift away from all of the point solutions that they have and to move to airbase it's that they see the value they see the benefit of having real time reporting of every dollar that leaves the door you know for the finance accounting team for the rest of the team the ease of reconciliation and one system to reconcile against for all non payroll dollars against the gl which cuts down the monthly close time by half like all those things are obvious to them and they say great i'm just going to go for all of them at the same time 
but sometimes people don't right because they are in the market for a specific solution and that's how they find us that's how they run a, you know run a process so they like i just want a better bill payments uh, solution i want a better expense reimbursement uh, solution we are more than happy to you know give that to them right and so we we're not going to force them to it's not an all or nothing uh, with us because it's an opportunity for us to grow with that customer later right so even if they start by only using say the bill payments aspect of our product uh, we give them free access to the other areas you know at a limited level so that they can experience the power of having everything uh, in a single platform and hey that's an opportunity for us to continue to grow with that customer that's how we uh, think about it and and that's how we approach our go to market kind of strategy so who is the target exactly i mean are you talking about businesses between like 10 employees and 500 i mean is that are you going after the large corporates as well i mean what's the what's the sweet spot for well, that's a good question because that segmentation really matters and and you know there is quite a bit of noise in the space as of this uh, recording uh, but we really target mid market companies right because in my view that's the most underserved part of the market and my definition of mid market is say 100 to 1000 employees or maybe even 50 to 1000 employees that's who i think is the most underserved and we focus on on that market because that's the market that really suffers from the pain of having many different silos and fragmented solutions because look if you're a 20 15 20 employee company 10 employee company yes you need a corporate card yes you need to pay your bills and and do some reimbursements but the amount of money being spent the number of transactions that happen they're not that large right so the pain of dealing with fragmented solutions isn't as acute but as you start growing 100 employees 200 employees 300 employees that pain starts to become really acute in having so many different systems and the sheer coordination problems of having people in the business you know jumping into different systems to do different things training them to jump into different systems to do different things all of these things start becoming you know much more uh, complicated right and and so that's the underserved market that we uh, focus on and so we tend to think of ourselves as as a, as a mid market uh, focused company there are other companies that are trying to do similar things in terms of consolidating these different elements for the lower end of the market the really small customers and and look spend management has existed in the enterprise segment uh, for a while right so uh, there's a company called cooper which does spend management sap ariba there are you know a few you know, big players in the enterprise segment uh, but the mid market has always been very underserved right and uh, that's who we are targeting okay so then I'd love to kind of get your sense of uh, your approach to product development. Are you doing this? Uh, is this a close collaboration with your customers? Do you sort of see the need and go and and build it yourself? I mean, what what is your approach to product development? Before I started working on Airbase, now I had a hypothesis about what the problem was. I'd kind of lived the pain point, but ultimately, I'm not an accountant. I I don't do that job every single day, right? So I took my hypothesis to a few dozen. controllers accounting managers vps of finance cfos folks like that and i had like dozens of conversations uh which obviously made me a lot smarter and and i learned a lot more about the problem but long story short it, it kind of validated my hypothesis of what the pain is and and uh, the fact that okay this is a big pain there's a shift happening in this market of how you could start consolidating all these different elements and that's a big opportunity in the big market and and that's what gave me conviction that okay i can go spend you know another 10 12 years of my life uh, building another company right and so uh, that's what i started with but at this point we pretty much build exactly what our customers are asking for our customer base is large enough that they drive 
you know, the roadmap uh, for the most part. We are actively listening to customers. Part of the unique thing about our product development, which you have to do as you go into larger companies, mid-market enterprise and larger companies, is you have to deeply, deeply understand the work that your target customer does, right? So you have to understand what, what is it that you do every day, right? Where are the opportunities to improve the workflows? We think of ourselves primarily as a software workflow product, right? Yes, we're also a fintech company. We embed payments into those software workflows and part of what makes for a 10x solution is by bringing together software workflows and payments. And we do that, but first and foremost, we're a workflow company. We, you know, we deeply understand how does information flow inside the business? What are the manual tasks that are happening in the business? How does collaboration and communication happen inside the business? And how can you reduce the inefficiencies there? Because there are lots of them. You know, spending money is inherently a collaborative exercise in a business, right? And having many different systems to do that is uh, painful in lots of ways. And so we try to dig deep and understand every one of those elements. And you now we keep talking at this point, the majority, 95% of what we build in, a, in a, any quarterly planning process ends up being a prioritized list of what customers are asking for. So we're in the happy position of being able to do that. Right. Let's talk about the accounting systems because, I mean, obviously you're not accounting software. This all has to integrate into some of the major systems out there. Can you tell us sort of, I presume you work with all the big ones, but how are you doing that integration? Uh, it's all API-driven integrations. It's a lot of work, right? And so right now we support five of the major GLs, which are on the lower end of the market. So let's say the 50 to 200, 250 employee companies that we target, the most common general ledger systems we see are QuickBooks Online, QuickBooks Desktop, and Zero, right? And you know, we have integrations for uh, all of them. And then uh, mid-market, upper mid-market, the two biggest ones are NetSuite and Intact. We have strong integrations with them and then we're uh, kind of uh, certified partners and all that good stuff. And But building those native integrations, right, where literally we have a you know large team of engineers who are building against those APIs, that's a core part of the value proposition that we offer is the seamless integration into the general ledger and even automation in a lot of cases How do we make sure that as transactions are happening on the system, as money is being spent on the system, what percentage of those transactions can be correctly categorized and recorded in the general ledger without an accountant having to be involved at all, right? And do it perfectly, do it correctly. That's kind of an important uh, number that we care about. And so to do that, to deliver on that promise of automation of accounting and seamless workflows and recording information in the GL, you've got to go invest in building those deep uh, integrations and the larger the company gets from NetSuite and Intact, especially there are lots of these custom functionality that those general ledger systems have that that's where the value comes in, right? So can you go do those very custom integrations into a system like NetSuite? Just to give you a example that maybe the non-accountants will not care about is if a payment is uh, a prepayment for something you're paying uh, over a year, right? So the specific way you have to go and amortize it over, over 12 months, the common thing that most systems do is that you spend the money in a system, then you make the entry normally, then the accountant into the general ledger, then the accountant has to remember to go into the general ledger and set it up correctly for amortization in NetSuite, right? And if they forget, oh, they, they booked it incorrectly, right? But with Airbase, oh, we, we have a deep integration with NetSuite where 
you can set it up inside of NetSuite in, in terms of how you want to amortize it. But when we record it in NetSuite, we set up all the things correctly in NetSuite so that the amortization happens. So there are a bunch of those kinds of examples where well, that's not easy. You have to go deep system by system and then to build that deep integration from the GL of the company that we work with and Airbase. And uh, that's a big part of uh, what we do. Right? right, right. Okay. So as I mentioned, expense management is actually a pretty hot space right now. You just had the Divi being acquired by Build.com for a huge amount of money. Um, you've got Brex and Ramp that are raising big rounds at large valuations. What is it about Airbase that is different to some of those aforementioned companies? Yeah, so as you start kind of digging into segmentation and some of those things, you know, that's when it starts to become a little more apparent. And you know, Build.com has historically been a small business-focused company. I think they have north of 100,000 customers and uh I think they're almost an accidental mid-market company in that the mid-market is so underserved that uh, a lot of companies, they start using build.com and then they continue using them as mid-market customers because, well, there's no other good option in the market. Primary focus has been small business. I think Divi was a good fit from that perspective also because they go after these uh, main street businesses, really small businesses. And and Brex and Ramp are similar, right? For the most part, all of those companies that you mentioned their customer base, if you just look at their customer base, not that I have like, you know, deep inside uh, insight, but from everything they talk about in public and numbers, and it's fairly obvious that the vast majority are very small customers, right? It's like less than 20 employees, less than 50 employees. And, and that's fine. There is a problem there, right? That is a 6 million you know, very small businesses out there. You can absolutely serve them, build a good business. And, and we are focused on a slightly different segment, right? So we are focused on the mid-market. And the analogy I think about is, look at this. And we were just talking about general ledger systems. Why is it you have QuickBooks and Zero at the low end, you have NetSuite and Intact in the mid-market, and you have SAP and Oracle you know, in the enterprise. Like, and if you pick the top two players uh, in every segment, why is the market segmented like that? Because... This is a problem domain, and that's one of the core hypotheses for us in the spend management category that is getting created in the low end of the market and the mid-market, that it is a complex enough problem that one player can't be all things to all people. you got to pick, right? you got to pick the category you're going to serve, and then you have to go deep, and then you have to try to win uh, that category. And we're focused on the mid-market. We've always been focused on the mid-market I've always been talking about this problem as a spend management problem and a problem of consolidation of all non-payroll dollars. Uh, and a bunch of these other players, you know, they started off as corporate cards. And then, you know, as of a few months ago, they're also starting to talk about spend management because I would like to think we have done our part in evangelizing the bigger opportunity and the bigger prize and that it's not just about corporate card. And so uh, some of that is happening, but still, even if some of these other players choose to become spend management companies, Serving the needs of very small businesses, it's a different ballgame than serving the needs of mid-market companies with the breadth and depth and surface area of product uh, that you need. And uh, we'll see, but definitely very interesting space to be in and big shifts happening in terms of customer uh, expectation and uh, in the market. And uh, you know, huge market. I'm not surprised uh, there are uh, players raising money and going after it, right? Right, right, right. And you also raised money yourself. I read in TechCrunch uh, earlier, I think it was maybe last month now, but you raised around very quickly, um, led by Menlo Ventures. Tell us about that process and uh, how it came together so quickly. We've always been very fortunate to uh, have a lot of inbound interest from investors. 
And every round I raised prior to this one was all preempted. I was not really in the market to uh, raise the money, but it was kind of preempted by good investors. So we took it and, and kept going. But this was the round where, yes, there was already a bunch of people had been reaching out. And given how I noticed the market was heating up, the original plan was just, you know, we had most of the 30 odd million that we had raised in the bank and there was no need for us to go raise money. We have, the original plan was, okay, maybe sometime next year, uh, we'll go think about raising money. We'll hit the milestones that we defined for ourselves in terms of the plan we had this year. That was the plan. But given how some of the kind of uh, funding rounds and, and those kinds of things have uh, happened in the space, uh, it became clear to me that look, this is not a market right now and a space right now that is rewarding capital efficiency. And so you know, we have to kind of make a statement. A big part of why we just chose to do the round was to show that we could. Right to show the internal momentum that we had to kind of project that uh, to the outside world, and uh, you know that was a big part of the goal and the motivation. And and because there was uh, quite a bit of demand, uh, we were in the fortunate position of being basically able to raise our hand and say, "Hey, you know, we we will raise around." And and uh, we had uh, conversations with a few very good firms, and and uh, we ultimately decided to go with uh, Matt Murphy and Mendo Ventures. And uh, it got done very quickly uh, because, again, big market, big opportunity. I think we have a differentiated kind of uh, opinion about how this space continues to uh, evolve. And that's how it came together. This is a SaaS business model, right? People are um, just paying you a, like a monthly fee to use your offerings. Is that how you do it? Both, actually. So this is one other way in which we differ from other players in the market. And primarily because we go after larger companies, right, where uh, you know, mid-market com- customers they want a partner for the long term. It's not as much of a transactional relationship for them. They want they want the support. They want a neck to ring when something goes wrong. And, and they, this is a mission critical system. How do I spend money as a business? Uh, and so we also offer the breadth and depth of functionality that a company that is 300, 400, 500 employees or more needs. And so we are absolutely able to charge for the so- software and customers see the ROI. And so they pay the subscription fee that we charge for software. But but the good news is, as a side effect of customers using the platform, there are financial services, revenue opportunities for us also. So it's not like we don't make money uh, on that side, and we do. And so it's a mix for both of us. Okay. So can you give us a sense of like the scale you guys are at, like number of employees? I don't know if you can share a number of customers, whatever you can share about the scale and the growth that you've been experiencing. The team is growing quickly. Uh, we are a globally distributed team. We've always been one, even before the pandemic. We have employees in 10 countries right now, you know, about 125, I think, at last count. We are adding you know, a few employees every week at this point. We expect to be north of uh, 200 employees by the end of uh, the year. We're you know, hiring very more than half the team right now is product development. Again, large surface area of product, and we're absolutely going to double, triple down on that keep our you know, multi-quarter lead that we already have in terms of serving customers in that segment, uh, hiring on the go-to-market side very aggressively. So all of that is happening. And so because the numbers are reflecting that, uh, we are doubling ARR every six months. That's been happening for a while now. And yeah, at some point that might slow down. And it, it, so far, it's uh, going really well. And uh, transaction volume, I think we're approaching a couple of billion dollars of annualized our transaction volume of payments flowing through the platform that continues to grow very quickly. It grew about seven times year over year from last year to this year. And we're projecting a similar kind of uh, growth 
from this year to next year if you look at it you know year over year on an annualized basis so yeah all the numbers are moving uh, in the right direction right and so uh, we feel very good about how things are uh, the direction in which things are heading and uh, now it's just a matter of putting our heads down and executing and focusing on the core customer and not getting very distracted by the noise and, and that's what I'm focused on. So last question, I'm curious about where you're taking this. As, as you've been talking, I've been thinking about a number of different ways you could take this. You know, there's obviously the credit side of the business. I mean, I, I'm curious about, are you going to remain in this sort of software play with, you know, a bit of payments activity happening or what's, what's your vision? We don't think of ourselves as a lender, right? And uh, we are actually in the process of partnering with banks and we don't want to compete with banks too. I don't want to be even in the corporate card issuing game. We do that. Why? Because, of course, the big thesis that we have is you have to consolidate all non-payroll spend. You don't. You shouldn't have many different systems. Consolidate all spend in one system. But a sub-thesis I've also always had is that the corporate card as a product, it's a software workflow product. It is not the product that we think of it as today, which is a piece of plastic. You put it in an envelope. You send it to employees. They spend money. End of the month, you give the finance team a PDF state. That's not the corporate card of the future. It is going to be a software workflow product that is deeply embedded in the decisions of how the business spends money, the controls that are necessary, the accounting that has to happen as money is spent in those cards. It's going to be a software workflow product. And we started issuing our own cards because, well, like how else do you showcase that thesis, right? That, that here's what you can do when a corporate card becomes a software product. And But long-term... I really have no interest in, you know, participating in the corporate card wars. I happen to think it's a race to the bottom and you can't just focus on cashback and rewards and the size of the line of credit that you provide as the only differentiators. The differentiators have to be elsewhere. In my view, it is deeply understanding the work that finance and accounting teams do. And so, yeah, we're always going to double down on that, right? And so we're in the process of, you know, partnering with other banking partners and major card issuers. Now that we've shown that that thesis is true, that the market actually believes in that and, and they are also the customers are demanding that and now that that has happened, there's a lot of good traction in terms of uh, working with other issuers. And of course, that lends itself to our business model, right? So if you have a business model where you know the only way you make money is interchange on the cards, guess what? Like You have to participate in the corporate card wards and play that game. And, and uh, you know we want to focus on the software primarily. Uh, not that we don't like the money that comes from financial services, but we are a lot more focused on being a software-first, workflow-driven company, and and that's what we'll continue to do. Right? Okay. Well, we'll have to leave it there. Yeah, Thejo, it's really it was really great to talk to you today. Fascinating story, and uh, as you say, it's a it's a massive problem that you know, that really needs to be addressed. And so, um, good luck with all of your future endeavors there. Peter, thank you, and uh, thank you for having me on the show. Okay. See ya. As I said, the the expense management space is really hot right now, and uh, you know I think part of the reason which we didn't actually talk about here, but I was thinking about as I was reflecting on our conversation, is that these are very sticky businesses. I mean, once you've got into a company like Airbase, where you're managing basically all of the expenses, non-payroll expenses of your business, I mean, it's going to be a lot of pain to change to a new system. So. I could see how we didn't talk about churn, but I'm imagining it's very low and that's kind of why 
Uh, I think they're attracting a lot of VC interest. And I'll, I'll link to the TechCrunch article in the show notes that talked about that last funding round. It was really quite staggering to me. It was 10 days from initial conversation to term sheets. I know we live in a COVID world without uh, where everything's done on Zoom, but even that, that's extremely fast. And it just points to, I think, not just the management of the business that uh, Thajo has, has, has created, but also the, how the space itself, the expense management space is something that investors want to be part of. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Before we go, I want to remind you about the brand new event from Lended Fintech. Fintech Nexus, the Dealmakers Summit, will be the first major in-person fintech event of the past 18 months. A hand-curated audience of venture capitalists, bankers, fintechs, and debt investors will be meeting face-to-face at an event 100% focused on doing deals. It will be happening in Miami on September 1st and 2nd. You can apply to join and find out more at lendit.com.